0: You exemplify the human desire to understand, to look beneath the surface of things and to arrive at deeper insights about reality. You prefer the life of the mind, both as a way of understanding the world and as a way of escaping from aspects of reality. You are highly innovative and inventive and love tinkering around, playing with concepts and overturning the accepted ways of doing things. This can produce extremely valuable, practical, and original works and discoveries, or simply entertain you for many hours. You occasionally march to a different drummer, pursuing your interests and curiosity wherever their investigations may take you. You have an extraordinary ability to focus your attention. At your best, you can become visionaries and discoverers, broadly comprehending the world while penetrating it quite profoundly and deeply. You are remarkably open-minded understanding things precisely and as a whole, you can combine the wisdom and perceptiveness of your mind with heart and courage in ways that truly bring something new and valuable to the world. You are the investigator, the observer, the Enneagram type five. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Randy Burge. Our intention for the behaviorist podcast is to share accessible concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. We're grateful to have our friends in Enneagram fives, Therese Crosby-Toxic, Uh, from Temple University, where she's an industrial and systems engineering student, and Jen Beachy, who is an advancement strategy and systems advisor from Hope International. Thanks for joining us. Before we get to the interview, let me tell you a little more about the Enneagram Type 5. The Enneagram is an ancient system that offers insights into the nine different ways in which people feel, think, and behave. These nine types are defined by a particular core belief about how the world works. This core belief drives a person's deepest motivations and fears, shaping their perspective and worldview. The Enneagram can help us not only understand ourselves better, but also those around us. The Enneagram type 5 is known as the investigator or the observer. Name the investigator because more than any other type, fives want to find out why things are the way they are they want to understand how the world works and from their coffee machines to the cosmos they are always searching asking questions delving into things in depth they do not accept received opinions and doctrines feeling a strong need to test the truth of most assumptions for themselves often uh they're the most common introverts in the enneagram fives very much the prototypical person that can live in their head a bit Fives are alert, insightful, and curious. They're able to concentrate and focus on complex ideas. They're quite independent, innovative, and inventive, prone to preoccupation with their thoughts and ideas and their own musings. They usually cope with difficulties by retreating into their minds where they feel more confident and in control. But fives cannot retreat indefinitely, and eventually they need stimulation and interaction. And fives also tend to sometimes be nervous or high strung when there is no outlet for their creative um, and mental energy, and it builds up eventually, expressing sometimes in restlessness or hyperactivity. Uh, much of their focus that is usually so dialed in gets scattered, um, and unhealthy fives can fear needing strong connections and affections with others, um, and that that will impose upon their own freedoms and independence that they really deeply value. Deep down, all fives really want to find um, connections with others. Um, But again, if you're doing so, as that may cost them some of the self-reliance that they have attained. At their core, fives want to understand reality, to possess knowledge, to find a niche for themselves, having the freedom to explore their curiosity and projects, to feel confident and capable, and to unsettle the unquestioned certainties of life and others. So we welcome our guests here. Thank them so much for joining. Um, and to get started, I wanted to ask you, um, how did you come to learn about your type, Jen? What, How did you learn about the Enneagram, and what was the thing that stuck out to you so much with it?
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, just naturally in everything in life, when things are trendy, I'm not naturally going to jump on that trend until like far after it has passed. And I feel like that was very true with the Enneagram in some ways for me. Um, a lot of my community was talking about the Enneagram and I was like, ah, it kind of sounds interesting, but I've done the, you know, test before and I'm not really sure it's worth my time and my energy. Little did I know that was some insight into being an Enneagram five. And, uh, so finally there was just one day, one afternoon, my husband and I were, um, listening through the road back to you. And, at, you know, the beginning of each chapter, there's kind of 20 things about each number. And we listened through a couple and I was like, oh, you know, that kind of resonates with me a little bit. And then we got to the five and I was shocked by how deeply I identified with just about everything and even found myself thinking, Oh my goodness, I've said these things verbatim before, like out loud to my husband or to my friends. And so that was really the first, the first moment that I was like, I need to learn more about this. I've never felt so seen and known in that process. And so I think that's what really encouraged me to, to dig in a bit more. Um, after I heard kind of those, those top 20 things of this is what a Grand five might feel or say, and realizing I've, done all of those things. (laughs) So that was, that was for me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure uh, everyone who has gone through the Enneagram process can relate a bit to uh, hearing the other types and you're like, oh, there's some overlapping things, but uh, usually find the one that, that strikes most deeply. Therese, what about you? How did you discover the Enneagram or come to learn your type?
2: So my mom, my moms are pretty involved in the Enneagram and I've been hearing a lot about the Enneagram since I was pretty little. Um, I definitely thought at a lot of points in my life that I was a nine and then I thought I was a one and I couldn't quite figure out what I was. Um, I did cheerleading for a long time. So I was like, maybe I'm a seven, but I hadn't heard about the five. I feel like, um, because I don't know a lot of people or see a lot of fives in the world, like saying I'm a five, this is what I am. Um, I didn't really learn about that. And when I took the test last year over quarantine, I was just like sitting at home, hadn't seen people in months. I was like, okay, I'm really gonna figure this out. Took the test, read about the five, and I was like, okay, this is absolutely it. Like this makes a lot of sense.
0: Was there anything in particular that you can recall after you had taken the sort of official test compared to prior that stuck out? I was like, mm, this feels a little bit more at home for me.
2: I know with, um, my like semi identification as a one, their motivation, I believe is anger. And that didn't feel that I didn't feel that way at all. Um, and I also felt that I didn't go to the numbers in health and on health. Not sure if those are the right words. Um, those numbers didn't resonate for me at all. Same with the nine. And then when I got to five, seven and eight made total sense to me that really made it click.
0: That's great. Jenna. saw you nodding.
1: <laughs> I'm identifying yeah. with that so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, Oh yeah, I definitely feel myself moving to an eight in these moments and to a seven in these moments and getting frazzled and out of control. And I just want to run away in the seven, you know, <laughs> I identify with that a lot.
0: Has learning about your type, has that changed your, perspective of yourself kind of at work or in your interactions with others? Jen, has that changed at all as you've kind of discovered the Enneagram?
1: Yeah, I think it's been a really freeing experience for me. Um, I work naturally with a lot of people who are um, much more outgoing, external processors. Uh, I, I work on a development team of, of fundraisers generally, so they tend to be quite outgoing. And uh, that that's not my natural Personality, and so I think for a long time I was feeling like I needed to force myself into kind of having that kind of persona because that's what surrounded me. And since learning more about the Enneagram, I've I've come to appreciate and recognize that actually having a bit of a quieter, more more uh, kind of internal processing thought mindset um, can actually be an asset in those kinds of uh, dynamics, you know, work dynamics. Um, so it was really quite freeing for me to kind of come to that realization and recognize I have something that I can offer. I don't need to force myself to take on a different persona because that's what fits in, but instead to really live into um, what I can be confident in 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 my own uh, personality type
0: yeah, and just before we had joined the the podcast, you were saying how you know a lot of what you do revolves around working within a CRM and As anybody who has worked within a CRM knows, you know, it's, it's very much a garbage in, garbage out. If There's not the type of person behind that who's making sure the systems are running smoothly. It very much loses its, uh, its value. Very true. (laughs) Therese over the past year, um, I think the past 12 to 18 months have been a lot of time for reflection for many people has, you know, kind of finding yourself more into the, the enneagram type 5 camp has that changed at all your perspective on kind of you know how, who you are as a person or how you work or any of those things over the past year
2: i think um particularly over the last 18 months or so i've reflected and kind of changed how i work within a team so I used to sort of push to do meetings. And when I was leading a team push to check in all the time, have these like checkpoints, see what everyone else is up to sort of have that close handle on what's going on. But I think over the pandemic and gathering more information about myself as a five, I think I work much better with a long leash. Mm -hmm. So just occasionally, just occasional checkpoints, um, not the bare minimum of working in a team, but if it's going to be a team, it's not going to be constant zoom meetings. It's not going to be constantly working at the same table. It's bringing different things to the team instead of working on everything constantly collaborating.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that a little bit more freedom kind of within, within your role is something that greatly desire. What is one thing that uh, you absolutely love about being a five? Therese, anything stick out in particular?
2: This was something that I feel like I didn't love about myself necessarily until I realized I was a five, but I think just the ability to focus. So I have tons of lists on my phone in Google Sheets of subway times, times it takes me to walk places, times it takes me to bike places. So I'm like, oh, like that's a mile point two away. Like that'll take me 27 minutes. Or like, I know I can leave at like 9.06, be at work in like exactly 40. Like the sort of like precision and all of these thoughts. And sometimes like, I feel like I accidentally say these things too loud in like a group and I'll be like, oh, like that's only like 34 minutes away. And it's like, how do you know that? But now I feel like it's kind of sister power.
0: Yeah, that was amazing. You probably strike me as the type of person when you are like cooking something in the microwave. you're using like thirty eight seconds instead of just like rounding to the nearest that, five. Um, that
2: definitely makes a lot of sense. That resonates.
0: Jen, is there anything for you that that you would say as you've kind of discovered more about yourself through the process that you really love about being a five?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I love what Terrence just shared. I, my, as I was thinking about this question, my thought was around like productivity and that being something that I really um, have come to appreciate about being a five that, and also just to mention, I feel like any five that, that anybody interacts with, the more I interact with fives and the more I learn about myself, like we all kind of have this like interesting quirkiness to us. (laughs) Like there's this thing that we're kind of drawn to and nobody really knows why. And we, but we just like it. And we, Talk about it, or we do it, or whatever. Um, and so, I think even just reflecting on what you shared, Therese, like it kind of makes me think of that. Like we've all got these things that we're just like, yeah, we're just really into that for some reason. Um, and so for me, yeah, it's like productivity, project management, that kind of stuff. It's like we've got lists in our house of who knows what. <laughs> and but what I've come to realize, and I think you're even sharing this, Randy, in your in your like initial overview at the very beginning, um, is like yeah, this ability to to focus. If I'm able to just take like a couple of hours to tackle a project, I can dive in deep and probably bring, you know, execute on a pretty solid end, end product by the end of it. If I can just get like a couple hours with no interruptions and I've got a clear sense of like what needs to be done, I can usually turn a project around pretty fast. And that's something that I I've really learned to appreciate um, sometimes it can be a bit of a tension point at times, just cause I like crave that deep work time, but the ability to go into deep work quickly and then turn something out quickly is something that I've, I've really come to love about being a five.
0: Mm. That's really interesting based on what Therese, you were saying earlier of realizing, you know, maybe less frequent kind of check-ins and having a little bit more of that focus time maybe results for just your work style like a better end product if you're you're feeling like you're not as much start stop um so i wonder if there's any correlations there is there anything that you're currently struggling with or that you've felt challenged by with with being a five gen
1: yeah i think uh, like i mentioned before um i work with a lot of kind of external processors and um kind of a, a quintessential five, you know, quality is, is uh being much more of an internal internal processor. We're mapping things in our brains as we're listening to conversations, we're problem solving behind the scenes. And um I think the challenge is, is finding the right opportunity to to use our voice and voice our my own perspective on things. It's really difficult for me to. Uh, kind of find the courage to say what I'm thinking, because what comes out of my mouth, um, I really want to be sure is reflective of what I'm actually thinking and that what I say, uh, people are perceiving what I say as, you know, like correct and accurate and, and it's what I want them to understand about my thought process. So my words are often very, very calculated, but it takes a long time to find the right words to say what I want to say. Um, and so when you're working in an environment that's full of verbal processors and kind of fast paced, it's really difficult to find that space and to, to just put something out there and not feel like it's reflective of my soul as a being, you know, as a human being. Um, and so I think that's something that I'm learning how to manage a little bit better, but it's still really intimidating for me. Yeah,
0: totally. One thing we often talk about at work wisdom uh, really internally is like the idea of rough drafts and, you know, letting people in a little sooner um, on your work. And is that, is that a big challenge for you of letting it's people frightening. in? When still in, there, still in <laughs> it even kind of like
1: makes me shudder a little bit. Like <laughs> I don't want to put forward a rough draft. Like it's, it's a final draft and that can be hard then to receive feedback because in my perspective, I'm putting forward a final draft, but people perceive it as a rough draft and that can cause some tension points too, which is, something to work through as a five.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Therese, what about you? Is there anything that you have found challenging or struggling with related to being in Enneagram five?
2: I totally agree with the fact of putting forward what I perceive as my final draft and then someone else editing it. And I'm like, I went over this like seven times. I did like three different iterations. Like, and now you want me to go back a step to something else. So I think, um, I think the point about letting people in on even just my thought process while I'm working on a project sooner would be like, that's a very helpful hint. But I think communication, Mm -hmm. most likely, Um, I think communicate, I want to get my whole thought process across. And sometimes it doesn't make all that much sense, to be honest. Um, Sometimes it's kind of scattered. And trying to put that into like a nice package for someone to be able to think like, okay, you started here, you got here, you ended there. That I, um, That's kind of intimidating to tell someone how I'm thinking and to not necessarily be able to explain why. Mm. So I think sort of figuring out how my own thoughts work and then trying to communicate that is fairly difficult.
0: Mm. That's great so for both of you is google drive and having live documents with others has that become a major stress point (laughs) in in the working world
1: (laughs) i keep as many things like in a private setting until it's at its final deliverable as much as i possibly can
0: (laughs) have there been any positive examples for you of having something that's in a rougher state or bringing others on your team in earlier or group projects that have worked well for you has have there has there been any sort of consistent themes of things you've been able to implement or is this still actively something you're like i really need to figure this one out
1: (laughs) i think for me i mean I, i don't know if i can think of a specific um a specific project example but i so yes, it is still very much a learning, a learning process for, for me. Uh, but I think what I am starting to kind of have to, to tell myself and teach myself in the process is, um, that inviting people into the process earlier, a kind of prevents that. Like I thought I was putting my final product forward and having to go back in the frustration that can be felt in that it's preventing that. But then also, um, in my work, like we're all working toward the same goal. We all want to see excellence in what this final deliverable is. And so um, inviting the people that I really trust and respect into the process earlier will hopefully help us work toward an even better product than what I might even, like, than what I would be able to do on my own. And so it's kind of a, a, I'm, I'm learning how to release that, like, Identity almost in the work that I'm doing, and say like this: this needs to be a group project. Even though I, it, that's not natural for me. My preference would be to work individually, you know. But um, but I have just found when I do invite people in earlier, we do come out with a better result. That that we've we've looked at. Um, you know, the issue or the problem from multiple angles and have come up with a good plan on how to move forward or or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think I learn a lot in that process, which is kind of fun, but I have to be willing to release my own kind of identity in that um, to welcome people in, which is, which is hard. I'm learning. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure a tenuous balance where, you know, to at least get the work far enough along you know, especially if your ideal work state is a little bit more independent than, than others, that you have some of that focus time to get it to a state where you feel that even other people can start jumping in on it. I'm sure that that's a tricky spot to figure out when to flip it over. Do, I'd be interested in hearing around advice that you may have for other fives that may be listening to this. Therese, is there is there anything you've discovered, you know, kind of over the past? your 18 months about being a five, um, that you think could be great advice for others.
2: I think I work best with people whose work style I understand. So I think it's at the beginning of a group project or a team building exercise or anything. It's really important. Like those introductions are really important and telling a little about myself and really listening to what other people say about their work style and their preferences. Um, that's very helpful to me because then I can sort of see how we fit as a team and see what people will bring to the table going forward. So I think as painful as it is for fives, like a really deep introduction is very helpful.
0: Yeah. It sounds like some of the important work for a five to do, Um, but extremely beneficial. I'm sure. Jen, what about you? Any, advice that you would have for other fives who may be listening?
1: Yeah, I think that um, it may be kind of in a similar sense of just kind of understanding other, other people. Um, something that I have really appreciated over the last, you know, couple of years that I've known about the Enneagram has been um, trying to surround myself with people who I love and trust, Um, That can kind of help me figure out how to like navigate through the world, which sounds maybe a little bit interesting, but um, social interactions aren't always like the easiest for fives or, or we just can kind of get a little tunnel vision on like the thing that we're focused on and it's hard to see like what's surrounding us sometimes. And um, yeah, I think that again, like our, we've talked about this already a little bit, but like our natural tendency can to, can be to retreat inward and to not invite people to come around us. And I've just really appreciated um, time and space with with friends, people that I love and trust who can kind of call me out when I'm too tunnel visioned or if I've like ghosted all of my friends that they're willing to like say, hey, you're ghosting me right now and what's going on? And I don't even realize it. And so my my advice would be to any five to to find those people that you love and trust um, that can kind of help you navigate through the world, because um, we can get so focused on the thing that we're passionate about, which is great and beautiful. And at the same time, we can that can sometimes cause us to not see the people that are closest to us and around us. So lean in as, as much as you want to retreat, lean in with, with those around you.
0: That's really excellent. Thank you for, for sharing. We spoke a bit about the relationship a seven and an eight has with a five. And a seven is where a five goes in stress and an eight is where five goes in, in health. And I'd be interested to know, what, what does that look like for you? Um, you know, how do you think about, you know, sometimes showing up as an eight, which is the challenger on the Enneagram. Uh, Jen, any thoughts to, you know, what a state of health look, looks like for you on the Enneagram?
1: Yeah, I think that um, because fives are so uh detail-oriented, research-based, when we come to a conclusion, you know, that's, we really believe in what we've come to. Um, I think when we are in that healthy state and kind of tapping into those kind of top elements of of an eight, um, we can be really motivated and uh, passionate about the thing that we're representing or talking about. Um, A lot of the people that I love in my life are, are eights for some reason, I'm kind of just drawn to eights anyway. Um, And so it's, it's kind of interesting to see in those moments of health, kind of matching their, their energy and passion toward a cause towards something that really matters. Um, And I think, yeah, as a, as a five, when I'm in that healthy space, I then also have kind of the research and the thought process behind that um, that, that cause or that uh, that thing that I'm passionate about in that moment. Um, so, so I can often, I I find even within my own self, my energy goes up and my my voice is more animated and my body is more animated when I'm talking about that thing. Um, and and so that's just kind of that's not always the case, but when I'm in those healthy spaces, I can feel much more confident in the thing that I'm that I'm representing.
0: Mm. It's like, yeah, really more fully bringing, you know, all those ideas and your thoughts more out into the world with, with confidence, it's, that's excellent. Therese, any thoughts on what taking on more of the eight looks like for you?
2: I agree, um, especially Jen, when you said confidence, I totally felt that, like when I have, to my extent, like fully researched something, fully understand something, it's like that this is what we're doing guys and sort of taking charge. And if someone brings something else to the table, I think even though eights are the challengers, I feel like I want to listen to that as well. And like still have vibe energy of gathering more information. Um, so yeah, as a healthy five, I feel like eight definitely resonates um, just with confidence.
0: Yeah. It's a big one as Fives are typically known as the investigator or the observer. Is there anything currently, right now, you know, could be professionally or personally that that you're investigating, something that you're just curious about and diving a little into? Jen, you spoke of, you know, it can sometimes be, you know, quirky and kind of what what a five may latch onto. Is there anything for either of you that you're currently interested in and in, in diving into?
2: this probably has some career significance or something with engineering but i have just been in like a two-week-long wikipedia hole of city planning and just learning everything about city planning and like the other day my friends were saying they're going to richmond and i was like oh that's the 100th top city in the united states by population and like (laughs) all these different facts and talking about how Texas's zoning laws are totally different than the east coast like I have just been obsessed with it recently, and I'm not sure where it's
1: coming from, but I'm really into it.
0: Oh, that's amazing, <laughs> Jen. What about you?
1: I love that so much. Just like the rabbit hole of like, oh, this is fascinating. I'm just going to follow it and see where it goes. I love that. Um, I think for me, so something that I've, I've wrestled with a little bit as a five is, uh, like my investigation is often like medium level. Like I don't always find myself like deep, deep, deep down into a hole. Um, and so I've had to wrestle with that a little bit. So I never really feel like I'm an expert in anything. So these questions can sometimes be a little bit difficult for me because I'm I'm like, well, I feel like I just find things curious and I'm, wanting to learn about it. I don't know. So um, as I was reflecting on this question, I think maybe like a broad answer as I kind of look at those things that I've just kind of randomly researched, I think a common theme is kind of human behavior is something that is really fascinating to me, Um, probably because I often feel really awkward in social situations. So I figure if I can gather as much like data and understanding of how people operate, maybe I'll know how to interact. (laughs) Like, I think that's how it translates in my mind. Um so one of the things specifically that that I've uh, really been getting a bit deeper into, uh, I have a four-year old son and he's super fun. Um, but you know he's in this like toddler stage where emotions and uh, perspective of the world is is difficult for me to understand sometimes. And so I've been doing a lot of research around like child development and like emotional intelligence and in children and how to bring that up well and, And so I think that's a space I'm, uh, I'm following all kinds of Instagram accounts and doing all kinds of research and just like learning, learning about it so that hopefully I can raise an emotionally intelligent child. Um, But that's, that's one, one space that I've really, I find myself getting into a lot.
0: Yeah. You say that you, you feel you probably go to a medium level, but I'm sure compared to to other people, you're going at a much deeper level. That might be true. true. Yeah. I think maybe everyone needs like a type five for trivia nights. (laughs) You probably have the best assortment of random facts (laughs) moving forward. Is there anything you hope to further understand about, you know, yourself or, you know, kind of your own growth through the Enneagram, Therese, any thoughts to kind of what improving upon, you know, what you've learned thus far looks like for you?
2: I don't know a ton about the Enneagram type five, but I'd like to build upon what I have learned and like the seven and the eight mm-hmm. identities as well. Well, like less or so the seven. Um, but I think I feel very comfortable in that five space and just learning how to be a better five and almost more out of my fiveness. Because like those quirks are like strange things or things I'm like, okay, nobody else is doing this or everybody else is doing something else. Um, I think growing into a confident five, knowing that it's okay to do different things is um, that's a way I'd like to grow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All about knowing those strengths and, and how we can leverage them a little more. Jen. Jen. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think um, kind of similarly, learning how to live within the best elements of a five. So whether it's like that productivity or deep thought process space and and being able to, to remain confident that that's okay in a workplace. Um, and uh, And at the same time, be willing to push myself to understand other motivations and and meet them in those motivations as well. So finding that balance of like, how do I, how do I live into my number well and the best parts of it that, that make it unique and special and an asset to a team um, and yet also not let that be a limitation. So I think that's, that's something that I constantly am, am stretched by and want to continue to grow in is finding that balance in the midst of a, a team environment. Mm. That's
0: great. and Up, Perfect spot really to kind of land this discussion. Um, Thank you both for sharing your insights and wisdom and experiences of being an Enneagram Five. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you to our listeners for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave a review. If you're interested in learning more about the Enneagram, please check out our other podcasts on the Enneagram um, or check out our catalog through our website at workwisdomlc.com. In addition to our website, you can also find us on Instagram and LinkedIn where you can enjoy more work wisdom, press and productions, ask questions, or listen to our past episodes and make suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore further. In typical work wisdom fashion, we'll end this with a quote. Uh, This one is from Carl Sagan. We can judge our progress by the courage of our questions and the depth of our answers, our willingness to embrace what is true rather than what feels good.